Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Today I want us to look at a topic that God has been challenging me on. Um, initially when I thought I volunteered myself to speak today, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> what is this? And um, it's and it's interesting how when he told me this, and yesterday when I was just scrolling through Instagram, I saw another church is preaching on the same topic, and I asked really, Allah, and he's like, okay, God is speaking, maybe. Holy eh, linkage. <laughs> Holy linkage. <laughs> yes, so, you've heard this word, relationship, not religion. I mean, a re- you know, it's a relationship, it's not a religion, or is it? And I think um, it really connects well with Pastor Fred's sermon on freedom. Uh, because, you know, when you look at freedom, we think we want to do what we want, where we want, how we want, with whom we want. Um, but especially if you consider yourself a born-again Christian, and that's why he was really uh, challenging our thoughts on what freedom is. But let me just perhaps start with a bit of my story. So I'm a storyteller. Okay, no, I love stories. Uh, yes, I have a journalistic background, so stories are my thing. And so I love listening to people's stories, and I also love sharing my story. So I am those people who grew up in church. Like, okay, my mother got born again. Uh, I, I'm bad at math, but a few years after I was born, but I was still very young. And we used to go to St. Andrew's BCA. And so all my life I knew Sundays, Church, and eventually, when she got born again, we moved to Sita, Valley Road. When they opened in Karetsiao, Pap, Kaikia, I was in VBS, I was in TYC. For those who are in Sita, that was the Tabernacle Youth Church. I even served as the chair lady at some point. I was in the worship me. I was Dani, 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 Mina Esu, Evie. And then, um, in my final year, yes, I think in my final year of campus. Um, when I just started working, because I got an internship, so I just started working, and I think I had, as much as I was serving God, there were very many things that were happening in church. People started to rumors, rumors about me, and I'm like, hey, I'm just innocently here serving God, and people are saying other things. And so, of course, I said, church hacks, and left the church and decided to rebel a good one. And so, for two years, I was the full rebel, and I remember, when I used to serve in church, when time you're washing team because you're a young person, you're those people who are like, oh, for those who are at the back, you may be nursing a hangover, but Jesus still loves you. What, what, what? Hey, you are those ones. Come to Jesus. Hey, God, the one day when I went back, back of the church in a hangover, and I was like, oh my God, how life changes, you know? Um, but I didn't go to church for a very long time, uh, and so for a very long time I thought, I associated the church hat or the things that people who I thought who I grew up with and everything, they had me that that's God, but clearly it wasn't. Um, and even in my rebellion, and I tell people this all the time, I, I think God was really still seeking me, was really after me. Let me tell you, at 2 a.m. in a club, I was uko praying. Like, I would sit in a corner and be like, God, I don't know why I'm here. Did you what? And I was those people. And I 
think Danny, I was still feeling I, I need to be, you know, there's still something missing. I'm doing all this, but I'm still empty. And so I went even into toxic relationships, and I remember when I was leaving the last one, I just said, Aki God, imagine you choka. I've tried everything, but I'm still, there's nothing that's feeling my spirit or my soul. I'm just feeling so empty. And I remember just in a room, went on my knees and we dedicated my life to Christ. And just told God, by the way, Sawa, Sawa, I have done it all. Uh, here I am. And now, not to say that, of course, it was just, you know, a 360 degree turnaround. But I knew now I had to really fight or work out my salvation, which I'll come to. Um, so the two parts of my life kind of show a difference because now this other one, before when I was reflecting, I was like, okay, maybe that was just religion. And here I am now really pursuing a relationship with God. So what is relationship and what is religion? And so as I said, most Christians like to say, no, I'm not religious, I'm in a relationship. I have a relationship with God. Now I saw this quote while I was researching on this topic and it gave me a really good picture. Religion is a guy in church thinking about fishing, and relationship is a guy out fishing thinking about God. So I don't know if you see the difference. Religion is a guy in church thinking about fishing on Yamachoma or Muthi. <laughs> and relationship is when the guy is out eating Yamachoma, he's thinking about God. But how does the Bible define religion? Because I think sometimes we think religion is so you know, guys are like, I'm not religious. As in, guy, like, chill, take a chill tone. So I think we need to look at how the Bible defines religion. First of all, if you look at the ESV, that's the English Service Bible translation, it's mentioned five times. And that's in Acts 25.19, Acts 26.5, Colossians 2.23, James 1.26. But the one we know, or the one which is really quite famous, is James 1.27 which is religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's religion, that's what the Bible calls religion. And so if you look at the life of Jesus, he was by the deeply religious. Sometimes we ignore the fact he was at the temple, he was to the temple or what you call church. Um, or synagogue, he endorsed the Old Testament law, he founded church, he established disciplines for that church, he instituted a ritual meal, which was, you know, the Holy Communion, he commanded baptism and preaching, but what he hated, or what he didn't like, and that's what he used to really tug on the Pharisees, right? Yes, please bear with me, in case I don't get things right. Uh, <laughs> Um, is that the fake and hypocritical sort of religion. And so perhaps you're like me, you were raised in church in a Sunday, um, you knew Sundays in church, there was VBS during holidays, there was teens camp during holidays. Um, you know, if, you, if you're bored, you watch Christian cartoons, Superbook. Um, but every weekday, you're just going about your days. You don't pick up your Bible, you don't do anything, you only pray during meals. Uh, <laughs> because that's what our parents perhaps taught us. And the only time <clears throat> that you have a connection with God is on Sundays between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. or 9 a.m., depending on which church you go to. So if I was to ask some of you, when did you get born again? 
for those who are born again. Was it Judy when you watched some of us wake up? Heaven's gates held slaves and you're like, hey, Sien Yuko, <laughs> watching in the heaven. Uh, or why you those ones doing weekend challenge in high school? And you're like, wow, this preacher has come and has spoken to my heart. But then next radio call, eh, do that, my jam session. I'm a nyanza. So can you truly say you are born again? Yeah, some of you are wondering, how does she know? I know those places. When you're in Gatuna 24, which you're going to do. Do your thing and you leave. Or do you even understand what salvation is? And please, by the way, I'm not hating on club goers <laughs> before you guys start thinking. If you remember Acts 16.30, there was a Philippian jailer. This is the time when Paul and Silas were in jail. And he asked, I think he was just amazed by these characters. But they're still praying and praising God. And he asked them, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas in verse 31 said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So I'm just trying to describe what salvation is because I think some people get mixed up with what salvation really is. In John 14, Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them. And then Thomas asked him, doubting Thomas, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus responded in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I want to underline the words, if you really know me. Because he said, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. Because that's the essence of the gospel. The gospel is Jesus. And he doesn't say, if you know me. He's like, if you really like know me. So now I'm not a theologian, but I look at it in terms of just basic English. They're called, what were they called? But may I just see it as a present continuous sense where you have to continually get to know Jesus and really try and understand or really form that relationship. And despite what other people will say, there's only one way, only one way to salvation, and that is Jesus Christ. Forget what Oprah said. There are many ways. No, one. <laughs> Romans 10, uh, if you can turn to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Sorry, I don't have an uncovers. Yeah, so perhaps you're wondering why you're not opening the Bible frequently. Uh, we'll look at very many portions of scripture. So Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. And some of you may know this one. Um, it says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So both of them have to go together. It's not like the time when I would watch Heaven's Gates of Flames and I say, hey, I don't want to go to me. You just say, I'm just going to say that prayer. You open that, you're not but you just go, yes, I will unborn again. Yeah. Then you're like, hey, hey, Jehanam, behind me. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. But it has to go together. So your hearts, um, you have to believe and that you're justified. Of course, it's the repentance part. Um, but you also have to profess your faith. Um, 
and the, the belief part is really crucial. There's an article, now I really love researching, uh, so please bear with me if you hear a lot of references. But there's an article on Crosswalk, and I really loved how he put it, and the author of that article. He said, repentance and belief are really two sides of the same coin. Repentance means that we're changing our mind about God and about ourselves. We are laying down our own foolish efforts to save ourselves. We are turning away from self-sufficiency. At the same time, we are turning towards Christ. We trust that he alone is the one who can save us. We are entrusting ourselves to him. So once again, I'm asking, are you born again? For those who say they are born again. There's a quote by Paul Washer, um, who's, which he said, a lot of people think that Christianity is you doing all the righteous things you hate and avoiding all the wicked things you love in order to go to heaven. Reference to heaven's gate sells means. No, that's a lost man with religion. A Christian is a person whose heart has been changed. They have new affections. And I think as you continue to build your relationship with God, you find yourself loving the things that he does. You find yourself just <laughs> like, what's the big deal? Um, and then you're like, I don't know, there's just something. I'm just finding myself not liking the things that I used to do. Um, case in point, I remember sharing with uh, the deeply defined season one team that I absolutely loved trash TV. And that's trash reality TV. I loved Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I loved Real Housewives of Atlanta. I was that person. I was like, wait, the drama was just my thing. And please, I'm not hating on those who still like it. Yeah, maybe my testimony will change your heart, but <laughs> I really, really used to love that TV. But then I realized that there was something it was doing to me. I was starting to accept certain behaviors. I'm not doing them, but just like, you find yourself just accepting. Like, oh, this person's doing this one and this one. Ah, oh, it's okay. Like, I then you just find yourself because you're what you're feeding your soul. And I remember very many times the Holy Spirit would convict me, but I was like, nah, it's just entertainment. But you don't realize how it's starting to affect um, what you even put out. Um, and so I decided, okay, Sawa, put a pause and hold on that and pursue my relationship with Christ. And with time, by the way, I don't even feel anything like, oh, Nasidris is on what is coming up. It's all right. And it's just because I told God, I want your desires. I want you to fill me with your desires, the things that bring you, uh, please you, the things that are in your will. So salvation is not just a one-time affair. It's not when you see the sinner's prayer. It's not when you believe in your heart. It is not when you profess with your mouth. It is continually pursuing Christ so that you're not conformed to this world, but are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and that's on Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it only comes until your mind is renewed. So now there's a difference between being intentional in pursuing God and duty. So there are some people who perhaps they feel 3 a.m. is their time with God. Good on ya. 
some of us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you feel that 3M is your thing and you've intentionally decided that is what you want to do, great. There are some people who say, hmm, you're just doing it out of duty, out of what? But I always say, if you're intentional um, in pursuing God, there's a difference between doing that and out of duty. Let me give you a kissing point. If you want to lose weight, there are things that you will do. You will set goals up when you intermittent fasting plan with my planted kitchen, or you, I don't know, you do whatever it is that you need to do. You're like, I am pursuing this weight loss, like nothing else. So you say, from, yeah, I'm not going to cut it down carbs, or gluten, or wheat, or dairy, or sugar, and what? Then you start exercising. And for some of us who fall along the way, we're just like, hey, I cannot. My dozens are calling my name or bread. Uh, but then the others who perhaps go on it, by the way, and they're full on, like, I'm disciplined in this thing. Eh? I'm eating veggies, cheat day, unona, and I'll bite back and I cut into half and I say, well, that's enough. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> Good for you. Give me that other half plus my one. Um, and there are some who, you know, gym or they're running or they're jogging and they've lost the weight and I think they get motivated. They say, hey, I've lost the weight so I can keep on, you know, or you're feeling good about yourself and you find it's a daily habit. Gentlemen, that after five. Why? Even when there's no gym or when it's raining, you're seeing people running on the very good. That is discipline. But why don't we do the same with God? Why don't we do the same for our spiritual life? Where you decide by the way, hey, this Bible, whoop, dust. And removing all that dust and opening it. Some of, you know, the ones that uh, phrase that you said, dirty Bible, clean Christian, you know, clean Bible, dirty Christian. Okay, it's not really the best, but, um, intentionally deciding that I'm going to set a time to spend with God. Same way you will, if you're dating, eh, what was single, and you will like, oh my God, we should be meeting every Friday, so you what? I don't know, what do we dating people do if you know it? But you know, you're like, oh, you've dressed up, and maybe you've gone all out, but like you're taking three hours to prepare to meet this dude. Um, but yeah, so I think basically what I'm saying, the same energy we put into pursuing weight loss, into pursuing career, into pursuing business, um, is the same energies that we should put um, in our time with God um, or in our faith. And by the way, when I'm telling you this, by the way, these are things that I'm also telling myself. That is why when you're given a word, it is Jesus telling you, yeah, point the finger at yourself. Um, so others may see it as duty if you decide to take that step. But for you, you know it's just that you bring out of your desire to grow in your faith. Philippians 2.12. Let me just give you guys a break from looking at me and just look at your Bibles for once. Philippians 2.12. It says, and I'll say first in KJV, but it's another translation, I love it. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, 
Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But I love the New Living Translation. It says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. If you notice, it doesn't say work for your salvation because there's a difference. Um, once again, English 101. Um, it, if you say work for my salvation, it means that you've been saved by works and you're doing these works so that you can be saved. Um, but that's not the case. It's more of working out your salvation, as it says, it's working hard to show the results of your salvation. So it's about faith. Um, and it's bringing out that inner salvation or that gift that we were given freely um, and bringing out those beautiful attributes and character traits by faith. So working out what is inside of us happens by faith. Case in point, when a born-again person decides to trust God fully, it's usually scary. I, I don't know if some of you think trusting God, how many think trusting God is easy? Yeah, thank you. At least you're not many. <laughs> when he tells you, go this way, and there's like no road, nothing, and you're like, I can't see the end game, you know? And most times, by the way, God will never show you the end game because he knows once you know what is on the other side, you'll be like, ah, I can do this on my own, you know? I can do this with my own defeat. Um, but when he's saying that, um, because you're so used, we're so used to, sorry, doing life on our own, figuring out things our own way, and thinking that, me, 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 yeah? I'm the one who did that. But when Paul says fear and trembling, he's not saying now as in be afraid of God. He's meaning in deep reverence and fear. And reverence, of course, means deep respect. So working out your salvation is knowing that I'm pursuing God so that you're bearing fruit. And I think it also ties to John 15. Um, I'm the true vine and, you know, without me, you're nothing. So it's helping the new believer know that in the beginning, when you're just born again or when you decide to pursue your faith, it will seem scary to walk by faith. However, it's the only way to see our inner salvation manifest on the outside through our character. And so you'll see many people who perhaps get born again and as they continue to pursue God, you're like, wow, la, 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 that person has made a full 360, you know, turn. As in, I, we are As in, we've had those people that where somebody gets born again, and especially so-called, the so-called famous people, and they get born again, maybe they stay on and on, three, four, five, six, ten years, you're like, I. It's like we're all waiting to see that person fall. But if they're intentionally pursuing Christ, if they're intentionally working out their salvation, that is where that fruit comes out. That's where the results come out. So learning to live by faith and trusting in what Jesus did for you could be a challenging way to live. If you based your righteousness on your own performance, if you thought, this is me, me I'm Mr. Holy Joe or Miss Holy Joe, hence the need to keep reminding ourselves of who he is, of his promises, of what he requires of us through his word. Um, initially, trusting the work of Christ to change you um, or to change your character can really be scary uh, because we think we need a self-help or sin management program, maybe there's an anger management program. But I love how Paul continues in verse 13. So that was verse 12 of Philippians. Yes, yeah. yes, Philippians 2.12, but in 2.13 he says, 
For God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. So you can't go through transformation or renewal through your own strength. You cannot. It's God who works in you, and he's the one who gives you those desires. He's the one who helps you be transformed. Um, and so he only, what he only wants from us is to allow him. I always say God is, and I think it's even been said many times, that God is a gentleman. He won't force his way on you. He will wait until you allow him in um, so that you can let him work on you. It's painful. I won't lie to you. It is not an easy thing. However, um, at the end of the day, you will indeed bear fruit. So stop trying to do it on your own and let the Holy Spirit do his work in you. So some of you may be asking, after all this, how do I know I'm in a relationship with God and I'm not just being religious? Let's read, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing or mocking at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So let's just say, Paul was not the nice, motivational, Joel Austin kind of guy. Um, <laughs> No offense to Joe, I'm just saying. Um, but to be very honest, that's a very hard text to read. Because um, if you look at any of those categories, I'm sure you fall in one of them. Are you proud? Do you mock God? Not even continuously, but at their points. Are you unforgiving? Do you slander others? Do you hate what is good? Do you love pleasure rather than God? Do you act religious? but reject the power that could make you godly. Now let me throw a spanner in the work, then I know some people might hate me for this. <laughs> but these days, people are encouraged to love themselves. Love yourself unconditionally. Self-love. Let's much Yeah, so before you throw stones, please hear me out. Uh, there's a commentary I read, and it said, love of self is the basic sin from with all others flow. The moment a man makes his own will the center of life, divine and human relationships are destroyed. Obedience to God and charity to men both become impossible. The essence of Christianity is not the enthronement, okay, but the obliteration of self. So the way we call ourselves, ah, me, myself, and I, you know, oh, I'm loving myself, oh, it's all about me. Um, love of self literally cuts God out from the picture. Remember we mentioned deep reverence for God. So you can't surrender or submit to God 
and at the same time depend on yourself and what you can do. Mini Lam say, it just can't work. We are called to be humble, we are called to repent before a great God who desires relationship with us. So if you see it as um, when I depend on me, I am literally idolizing me and not putting God first. Um, I think that's where you get the picture. So remember the crosswalk article I quoted earlier. Repentance means that we're changing our mind about God and about ourselves. We are laying down our own foolish efforts to, serve, to save ourselves. We're turning away from self-sufficiency. At the same time, we're turning towards Christ. We trust that he alone is the one who can save us. We are entrusting ourselves to him. I, yes, I'm let you all think on that. And so glad to. So going back to religion, I think the Christian religion is how we have a relationship with Jesus. I think even if you look at the Muslims or Buddhists, they'll just say, yes, it's a religion, but I have a relationship with Allah or whoever it is. So in John 14, 15, Jesus defined what it means to have a relationship with him. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So do you really love Jesus? And are you willing to keep his commandments? And one of those commandments is found in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the relationship we want to Jesus is found by being a part of God's people, and God's people are there. Yes, church. So a relationship that's clearly defined in Ephesians 5, and I know we sometimes read it as husbands and wives, you know, but when we look at that relationship of Christ and the church, Christ was a groom and the church is his bride. And so the Christian religion, widely understood and practiced, centers on the most beautiful and intimate relationship in history. So I don't even answer answered that question. Relationship or religion? Well, that was not the point. <laughs> that was not the point of the sermon. Uh, the point was for us to reflect on our lives and see if we're genuinely working and growing our faith, if we're genuinely pursuing a relationship with Christ, or are we just going through the motions? Are we just attending church Sunday by Sunday? Are we taking Holy Communion because we have to? Are we just singing along, but Monday to Saturday, Jesus is nowhere near your program. And so, it's step by step. I'm not saying, you don't come to church at you. I'm pursuing my relationship with Christ. No, 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 no. Please, do not misquote me. It goes hand in hand. Where Sunday is just an addition, being in the body of Christ, and as Paul said, oh, sorry, the writer of Hebrews, because we're not sure it is, how you know we should not neglect meeting together. Um, but I, I pray that we will really reflect and see, am I really born again? Am I really pursuing Christ? Am I really working out my salvation? Or am I just going through the motions? And we really don't want Matthew 7, 21 to 33 to be told to us. When Jesus said, 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Let me tell you, if there's one thing I'm pursuing, it's not to be told that by Jesus, because I will cry. <laughs> I will weep, but I will still be told, bye, see ya. Um, and so I pray that will not be our testimony. I pray that we, on that day, um, he will say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you pursued a relationship with him. Because you still were religious and did not neglect meeting together. And did not um, neglect um, taking in communion. You know, the so-called religious activities. Um, so my prayer for you is that if you're born again, you'll work out your salvation. And as I told you, I'm telling myself as well as I'm telling you, um, this is something that God was challenging me on. Um, and if you're not born again, if you're perhaps shukuing and thinking, hey, I don't think I'm really born again, I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict you um, and that you'll allow Jesus in to transform your life. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.